0: The Weekend View on SAFM with Udo Carlser. Saturdays and Sundays, 6 to 7 a.m.
1: Well, the picture does look very grim, uh, Udo, if uh, you are outside. But uh, on the inside, we are encouraged that uh, the numbers have uh, declined significantly in the past six months. And that is due to some of the uh, security enhancements that we have done. Uh, The first one being technology. We put in some uh, radar system and cameras in areas where we have been uh, hit in the previous. Mm -hmm. Uh, incidents, and we have also encouraged uh, the communities around to give us information. We've, uh, operate, we've done successful intelligence driven operations. So the figures that we have for December or for the last six months have uh, declined significantly, but still we one rhino lost this one rhino too many. Mm.
0: Yeah, that, that radar system that you were talking about now, like, uh, how does that work? Because it obviously detects and then very often you will have people who are enforcing quite a distance away from where people are trying to to encroach in, in into areas where, where the rhinos may be found.
1: It takes away day and night from uh, the poachers uh, because uh, that's the time where they operate mostly. And in combination with uh, having that system, we have also um, involved some training of uh, our rangers, how we can guide them towards uh, a target if we see one at night. Uh, without endangering their lives and uh, those of those who are supporting them. So it does take away the night from uh, those uh, poachers. And we have seen successes where we've identified people coming in and they come in groups of uh, threes, mm-hmm. sixes, mm-hmm. and in some instances, nine people come in at the same time. But uh, they get surprised when uh, they are told to put their arms down and we take them into custody.
0: That's very good. That's very good. We, we, we obviously also have the, the Skukuza Regional Court, better known as the Rhino Court. Uh, what, what impact has that had once you, you track people down on the prosecution of poachers?
1: The good thing is that uh, once people are arrested, uh, we do call in the South African police services. They open up a docket. We present the evidence to them, and the, then they submit it to the prosecution. The NTA has done a good job at the Rhino Court, as you refer to it. Uh, they've got a 98 to 99% success rate. Uh, the sentences that we have seen this year yeah. are very significant. Uh, there was a group uh, three of three. They got 105 uh, years increase. We hope that will discourage uh, a lot of people. And uh, Udo, let me take this opportunity and say to those who are within the range of our voices, mm. intending to go into the Kruger to go and poach, it's a dangerous place. Two of uh, the suspected poachers have lost their lives. Uh, they've been uh, caught by elephants. And in one instance, it was a very gory incident where uh, the family didn't have uh, the... Uh, Closure, so Mm. to speak, because um, wild animals devoured uh, the remains of that individual. And it's not something that is uh, very nice uh, to experience. Mm. And we would like to discourage people from going into the Kruger National Park. If we track you and we Mm. find you we are certainly going to put you behind bars. You will lose your freedom.
0: You know, I I travel these days, and you'll be very proud of me, uh, about three or four times to to Kruger a year. And and it's not the the most expensive places that I go to. I just want to be in the park uh, that many times a year. And when you see the anti-poaching guys on foot in the bush, you see the enormity of the task that they have. So I'm glad you're now talking about the, the, the bolstering of their efforts by technology. But the poachers themselves... And these are the foot soldiers for people who make lots of money very far away from South Africa. The poachers themselves are very good trackers, perhaps as good as the trackers working within Kruger sometimes. I, I often just wonder, is there no way government could perhaps get them involved and offer the poachers a chance to work for Kruger as opposed to against Kruger?
1: We do have a, a program that uh, recently started of people that have served their sentences and were poachers. Mm. And the main objective is to, um, is for them to educate uh, youngsters in their villages because um, we know that uh, there's high levels of poverty and unemployment mm. in the mm. villages adjacent to the Kruger National Park. So it's a project uh, that uh, we are pushing. In terms of recruitment, it's quite difficult uh, because uh, we have also experienced uh, an infiltration by the syndicates into our ranks. And it's only a few people, but uh, their impact uh, is quite huge. We are getting on top of that uh, situation as we speak. Uh, we talking to Labour, we're talking to other people, so that they can just sensitise their members. Uh, because uh, our workers still have Labour laws that protect them, but yeah. uh, they also have responsibilities to make sure that uh, they carry out their work diligently. And uh, do not backstab us as we trust them with uh, the security and uh, the well-being of these animals.
0: Are we ever going to break the back of the major syndicates, though?
1: I don't think we will be able to do that uh, without uh, assistance from uh, international law enforcement agencies uh, and being able to get to the big money bags. Because as long as you have people making money and who are untouchable, it's not going to be possible but we have a very exciting new cases coming up with local kingpins next year, and we hope that uh, will definitely yield some good results. Uh, but uh, as much as... We are hopeful. We know that uh, there are new players that do come in. So it needs intelligence. Uh, It needs intelligence-driven operations. And the park needs to be cleaned from outside. Mm -hmm. If we can arrest those people from the outside, we will be able to give relief to this animal so that they can do what they do naturally and increase and give joy to those who come and visit.
0: Sure. I I just think in South Africa... We need to make much more of an effort to get many more South Africans to go and experience and enjoy sandparks because then then it truly becomes a collective sort of Legacy that we all want to protect and keep, but but I I, I just want to before we wrap up go to something slightly different. I mean, you are currently also implementing like very strict measures as far as COVID is concerned, and I've seen firsthand the frustrations of people at the gates. But but these are necessary processes. The the one thing I would ask though is that you do control numbers at entry points, but I very often don't see sort of number control at the major rest spots and their people are still from time to time sitting on top of one another. Is that something that you've you've thought of that you perhaps can implement?
1: As part of our festive uh, contingency plans. Uh, we have uh, deployed a lot of people out to go and monitor and make sure that there's adherence to the COVID-19 protocols. And uh, as you rightfully say, we have had lots of cancellations uh, from uh, overseas visitors, so South Africans uh, do need to come in and support. Because if we are to conserve successfully, we need conservation money. Uh, some parks are only uh, gets about uh, 10 to 15 percent uh, from uh, government; otherwise, we generate our own operating budget. So we need that support uh, from uh, tourism activities, and we need that cooperation as well. During this festive season, we need people to be patient at. The gates, so that uh, we can observe those protocols and keep everyone safe, including our colleagues who are busy servicing them.
0: <laughs> you, you know what I find funny about the people who completely lose it at the gates, because it takes so long, is they, they want to rush to get into a place where they're actually going to relax for the rest of the day. Sometimes they don't <laughs> <just like> anyway. <laughs> Ike Patra, yeah. always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. The Weekend View on SAFM with Udo Karelse.
1: Saturdays and Sundays, 6 to 7 a.m.